there and welcome to the 32nd episode of the OrcaCast. Today with a very, very special episode. We have our first developer interview, everyone, with Alien Intelligence from Belarus, a small independent creator team, which I'm very much looking forward to, to get you all to know them, because they make cool shit. At least I say that, and when I say that, it's true. We have on our panel today, Bambam, who is going to support me in the interview process. We got the one, the only, the Ray Fox, one of our community members, and we yeah, got that's me. Ray Fox's boss over here yeah, that's my boss that's your boss i would say we just jump right into the brain i just introduce myself quickly a little bit so you guys get to know me i'm an avid gamer i have been for three decades i'm also something that uh, you could call a backseat developer that means i know shit better than everyone else and you all have to listen to me and <laughs> yeah that's about me yeah you, I... you forgot to tell Tell us that you also love yourself. Oh, I totally love myself. I'm very yeah. obsessed with myself. I also have no nipples. Okay, that's I've been gaming since about five years old, so that's been over 20 years now. And I've dabbled. I've tried making like uh, small games and stuff in my free time. So I'm kind of a backseat developer as well. And I like dissecting games and learning how they work. So reading and researching game design is one of my hobbies as well. So who, who from you two, who's the bad cop and who's the good cop? I'm just wondering. Yeah, both I bad guess, cops. Yeah, no, usually <laughs> I'm, I'm the more negative one. Oh, so I, you're the bad cop. It, it, it's pretty easy. I pray to Nargle, he prays to Sinch. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I bring the rot and he brings the other thing Sinch brings, which I just forgot. Change. Yeah. change exactly and knowledge yeah okay i'm a hobbyist game dev also myself i've been on the game jams for a long very long time i've been learning some game design 2d 3d stuff like this in my spare time but my work right now is a, being a community manager and a translator and lots of other small things so yeah basically the secretary. maybe uh, <laughs> when, the, when there is a small team everyone does what he can so every person should be a lot of things and i think my boss should also talk about himself now. yes exactly yeah. i want to hear it переключали микрофоны я больше чем пол жизни занимался киберспортом во всяких дисциплинах там starcraft warcraft quake counter strike это было где-то с условно 2000 там нулевых до моих 20 то есть это где-то до 15 -го года после этого я понял что как бы, я стал старше мне захотелось трансформировать свои навыки в нечто иное и я подумал что было бы здорово заняться геймдизайном и так как всегда любил разбираться и там участвовал в математических олимпиадах и прочих вещах поэтому стало получаться и с бурной фантазией вот до этого мы с товарищами сделали в рамках типа геймджема одну игру такую, но она так и не увидела свет. Потом мы сделали с другом настолку. После этого, именно с этой настолкой, попав на собеседование, я прошел на нынешнюю занимаемую работу. I'm gonna try to translate that. Victor, he is a uh, vivid uh, uh, professional uh, player. He used to play games like uh, Warcraft 3 and Starcraft on a professional scene. Uh, he, he loves to play games. He's a gamer. He used to play professionally since 2000 until nearly 2015. And then he uh, felt himself that he have grown up and he needs to do more. So he's starting to dabble into game design and he loved it. So he continued 
Uh, also, he was usually a winner in the mathematical and other stuff in school. So it was easy for him to do the maths in game. He has also been participating in game, game jams. And uh, he has made, uh, with his friend, a tabletop game. And then he made another game, but that, that was already his job. So first it was like a hobby. The first one was like a hobby. And the second one was already a job, part of the job. That's it. Cool. All right. So my first question that I want to ask is, you're like circus troupe of developers. How did you get to know each other? Yeah, it's an indie, an, an indie team. Yeah. Yeah. Окей, okay. изначально про Alien Intelligence или ну, про то, как, как мы... А, изначально мы с Владимиром познакомились на одном из геймджемов. Там есть такая часть мероприятия, когда наступает вечер и ночь, и самые стойкие оловянные солдатики остаются делать, продолжать делать то, что им нравится в течение всех 72 часов, которые предоставляются без сна и прочих заморочек. Вот, и там те люди, которые там остаются, они знакомятся, и потом, если они единомышленники, продолжают дружить. А команда сформировалась... Нас, нас нашли, нас, то есть, как HR, обычно люди... То есть, нашелся человек, который захотел сделать игру, у которого на этого было достаточно средств, и, собственно, он... Мы начали сейчас. То есть после этого на каком-то этапе мы ушли в себя. Там это ну, другие детали. Вот, и теперь мы, да, как инди-команда. Но, собственно, вопрос был о том, как мы нашлись. И нашлись мы так. А теперь мы существуем как сами себе. Окей, okay, so it's a big question. That's why the answer is also long. We found each other with Victor as friends. We found each other on one of the game jams that was in Minsk. In the game jam, you have to do a game in a very short amount of time. Usually it's 48 hours or 72 hours. And it just worked out, worked out because when you make games 72 hours, some people go to sleep and some don't, and we didn't go to sleep. <laughs> so we were all the most, you know, uh, like the, those that had fortitude and, and like a real fire in their eyes. And we stayed and late and continued working and small groups of people like this usually um, become friends because they have the same goal and the same things that they like. That's how it worked out. So we, first we became friends and then we became co-workers. And as for the team, how the team got together, first there was a paid project. There was a person that wanted to make a game and he was looking for people. So an HR brought us together. It was like a real company. But then it mutated, kind of went off, and now we work as an indie. That's how we got together. Basically, uh, Victor has headhunted me because he was asking uh, s several times, like, hey, what you doing? You know, where are you working? How are you? And I said, well, I'm okay, a couple of times. And then I thought, uh, why not? And he headhunted. I mean, as long as he just headhunted you in terms of recruiting and not in terms of the predator ever. <laughs> yeah, not, not in terms of Huskar uh, from Dota, not in that. The next two questions, I just combined them. So when, I mean, one, you kind of answered the second question already. Um, when was Alien Intelligence founded and what 
was the initial spark? What, why was it founded? Alien Intelligence появилась как уже непосредственно Alien Intelligence проявилась как раз год назад, может год с небольшим, это был где-то конец ноября. Закончились работы над, но так, но так практически и не вышли все. Там только одна настольная игра, точнее цифровая настольная игра э, по скриптам CTG появилась в рамках Паракосма, мы ее выпустили, и после этого нам нужно было делать что-то дальше, и мы решили перейти, в, как бы пересобраться немножко, там потеряли сотрудников. Слушаю. Да, мы, мы собрались с ребятами, которыми заведу лидами отделов по деф-отделу, QA-отделу и арт, и решили, что нужно делать какой-то проект, который... А, нам хотелось бы играть самим, и Б, понравился бы игрокам такая была мысль, чтобы в него можно было зайти как удобный домашний халат, чтобы все нравилось по управлению и по всему остальному. Мы пока что, конечно, очень далеки от этого момента, но... Но мы к этому идем. Вот. И, собственно, на, на, на начальном этапе было сначала три проекта. Был тактик, э, как-то... Turn-based tactical game. Еще был beat-em-up. И вот непосредственно топ-даун-шутер. Но на, на первичных внутренних отборах победил топ-даун-шутер, но, наверное, месяца три разрабатывались все три до прототипа, чтобы можно было посмотреть и оценить. И после этого вот началось движение по именно топ-даун составляющей. Окей, okay, Alien Intelligence as an indie team or as a group was created a year ago or, or a year and one month ago. So we have Happy a date to celebrate. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> First, we were uh, making as a team the um, digital tabletop, but we were a part of the Paracosm team, the one that we told you about before, that was like a job. And we've created the uh, digital tabletop, but we, we have created it, but it is not finished because another team that had to do parts of the inside coding Uh, haven't finished it yet, but we have done everything from our side that was in the contract. So it went like that. And afterwards we decided that we need to make another game, a game that um, we would love to play ourselves and also other players would like. So the idea was it should be cozy as a uh, bath code, you know, something that you could play with friends on Fridays, something like that. And we had different projects several projects. There was a, a turn-based shoot something like an XCOM, but something like Wasteland. Then there was a beat-em-up project, something like Streets of Age. And then there was this uh, top-down shooter. For several months, we have worked on uh, all three of them. And we have brainstormed, but uh, then inside the team, there was a decision had to be made because we couldn't handle all three of them and the top-down shooter one. Usually we make decisions with the board of leads. So there is no like one person that tells everybody what to do. The board of leads gets together and they vote and they, they talk with each other. So sometimes they talk very nice, but we're all friends. We, we, we try to work it out. And the uh, top-down shooter one. So, and afterwards we started working only on the top-down shooter, but there were other projects. They are frozen now. That's that's it, basically. How big is your core team? How many members do you have? And do you also have like external resources you sometimes use for certain parts of the development? Or does 
your core team do everything. Да, нас, нас вместе с офисными работниками 16 человек, офис, это с офис-менеджером там, без девом, вот. И мы full цикл можем делать. Единственное, что там боты, мы частенько применяем ассеты, потому что это существенно ускоряет процесс получения рабочего какого-то варианта. Основную часть делаем мы на месте. Есть три художника, три, о, два, два художника, один 3D-артист, три три программиста и дефлит другим дизайнером вот наша команда okay so the uh, core team at maximum is 16 people including biz dev people that help with the office we can do the full uh, we can do everything so we have even a sound designer their qa and we've got three programmers two digital artists one 3d designer and uh, game designers You got it all. So we, we can do the full circle. That is pretty impressive for an actual extremely small team. So just 16 people who basically do all the stuff. I like that. That's flair. Now we are coming to the meat and potatoes of this podcast and probably what you have been looking forward to. You're currently working on a top-down shooter, which you call the Wicked. A little, little side note here. I have played it and you guys provided the key for me. From here on out, everything I say, take it with a grain of salt, the audience. I have to disclose it, but that that's okay. And I want to hear from you what the Wicked is is and what it's about what is the project and what is it about tell me all about it the wicked как можем с нескольких сторон рассмотреть механическая часть и часть которая нарратив можно сказать нарративная часть это такой сборник всяких стереотипных штук из фильмов, там, начиная с 80-х фильмов, книг, игр, ну, прям не все-все-все, а какие-то, которые приходят на ум, которые туда как-то вставляются. Все это дело в такой около резидентовской стилистике с корпорацией зла, с главным злодеем, который там ищет ключ к бесконечной жизни и с максимум всяких штампов. Вот такая будет это, что касается нарративной части. Сейчас Володя переведет первую часть. Yeah, uh, Victor wanted to tell this from the about the project from the different sides. Uh, sides. Uh, the, the mechanical side is how it works and what's inside, and the narrative part, like what the what the game is about from the point of what we wanted to show the audience. So the first one is a narrative. From the narrative side, the game is a uh, something that we would make from the movies from 80s and 90s and 2000s. It had to have lots of cliches and uh, some, you know, phrases, catchphrases from some movies, uh, just to g give you a feeling of throwback. The main um, theme, of course, would be Resident Evil. It would be about corporations and a very wealthy man trying to find himself a pure to be immortal and it has to be a pun like a meme of all those parts of the movies that you've seen that's from the uh, narrative part а механически можно ее сравнить наверное, на ближайшем бы чтобы она в итоге походила только со всякими проджектайловыми частями и прочими это на игру state of decay только в поднятой камере до топ-даун 
а не от третьего лица. Игра, в которой было бы интересно проходить с друзьями сюжетную часть в каких-то местах посмеяться и плюс нас, насытить камеру, ой, камеру, карту всяким ивентовой частью, которая бы веселила там отстреливать зомби, перенести куда-то, откуда-то что-то, то есть такой сайт-квестами, цепочками сайт-квестов со стелсом, с получением перков, с машинкой, погоней на, на них и там... Надеемся, что еще и перестрелками на, каком, на каком-то этапе. Плюс роуглайк э, составляющей, которая бы в итоге, в итоге пришло все к данжам, чтобы можно было была какая-то часть, хотя бы в игре, в которой можно было бы ее процедурная генерация. Возможно, это будут отдельные части игр, что на данный момент, скорее всего, все к тому идет. То есть... Сразу большой такой проект сделать пока что не удалось. Но если выпускать его по кускам и превращать это уже на данный момент в игры, то получится. Окей, и from the mechanical part, from the inside, we wanted uh, it to feel a bit like state of decay, but to have camera uh, like top-down view and to be it a bit more arcadey. Uh, the uh, the plan was to make it something like a game with multiplayer where you could go on and uh, shoot stuff, have fun, have perks, something like a roguelike. And uh, for the end game, we wanted to have genera- generated dungeons where you could you know start and end and have different perks and different playthroughs through the uh, generated dungeons. And also the story. So... First, you go through the story that has the main quest and then sub-quests and other quests that have mini-games, like you have to defend a spot or you, you have to just kill everything with a robot or, you know, you, you talk to the pig and stuff like that. Some Something funny, and uh, but also interesting. And for the end game, uh, as I said, we wanted to make a, a roguelike or a ro- roguelite that you could play with friends. We see that it's a big project, but maybe if we make it in parts and then combine it, we will be able to manage to do that. Uh, also, cars. We love cars and driving around with cars, and that's basically it. Very interesting. Very promising. I'm handing the next question up to Bam Bam. So, Bam Bam, take it away. Alrighty, thank you. So, it's one of the questions that I came up with because I do a lot of reading on game design. And I wanted to ask you guys if you had any anyone come up like a small group within a single person or a small group within within your team that came up with like a, a focused design document or a game bible, or if when you decided to choose this project among the three you had been shipping around, if it was just chosen and then you have sat down and did like a brainstorming session, was it just if the game essentially came up from focused single a single or a small group idea or if it came up during essentially a session once the team folk decided to sit down with just one project да пришли к варианту делать именно такой вариант top down и пришли именно когда попробовали три прототипа и turn based strategy и то bitm up и top down мы Сделали некий прототип по всем трем и увидели, что топ-даун будет лучше всего. Тогда мы собрались, посовещались, то и как будет, и набросали. Дальше более детализировали геймдизайн-документ, но это уже 
с коллегой, со Скорпиофом, который сейчас с нами присутствует. Вот. Он же Игнат Гарон или Горон, неважно. Вот. Но при этом мы, двигаясь по этому документу, на данный момент по нему уже пройдено многое достаточно, так или иначе встречается то, что приходится делать как-то, может быть, не совсем так, как изначально запланировано. И это вносит, конечно же, свои коллективы сразу. Ну, я так понял, что еще дополнительный вопрос в том, что как продвигаетесь. Mm -hmm. Вот, то есть изначально мы получили три прототипа, посмотрели на них, и именно с этой стороны пошли они а так, что кто-то из нас пришел, сказал, что топ-даун будет лучше всех остальных, и мы решили, выбирая из трех, тогда нет, от обратного. There wasn't a core team or a person that had the brightest idea, and then he came to us and sold the idea. There wasn't like a special first point document. As we told you before, there, there was the core team, there were the board of leads. Uh, we were brainstorming all together. Then we had these three fishbone prototypes. We had the uh, game design documents, but they were the shortest ones. These, you know, there's a, a method where you make two pages, like the shortest uh, game design document ever, like a fishbone. Yeah, bone. it's like a game page, right? Yeah, game page. That's, that's what they were, basically, the three of them. Okay. We had the prototypes, we played them all together, and then we decided with the board of leads that, oh, this one feels the, the most fun, this one feels like we really can make something out of it. We thought we caught something, you know, mm -hmm. and we continued to work on that one. And the Fishbone game design document uh, grew. It was, you know, created, uh, created a bigger one than the Scorpio of the guy that's in the chat, but, he, but he's too shy to talk, <laughs> helped design. And uh, Victor was the main game designer. So, and, and that's how the project grew step by step afterwards. And then when there were some decisions, Uh, if there are hard decisions or if there are multiple choices, we also talk with each other as a team uh, and we vote and we decide on something. We check it. It might have been a bad decision. We can change it. Also, sometimes some things that we think on cannot be done uh, physically, like the programmers can't do that in, 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 or, or, it, or it doesn't blend in or the programmers say that it's, it uses too much uh, time or resources to make it like that. So we can change. We're trying to be uh, fluent or how you call it. We, we try to be like, like water, like Bruce Lee said. Yeah, that's basically it. Why? I mean, you kind of touched already on that, but why did you choose a top-down shooter in the first place you said in in the beginning that you wanted to make a game that's like comfortable like a bathrobe and everything but what are more reasons why you if for example choose the top-down shooter over for example the strategy game that was like xcom помимо интереса всех людей которые были на том мозговом штурме и так случилось, что наибольшее из всех остальных, в том числе и turn-based нравилось именно топ-даун. И это была как бы ключевая идея, которая в итоге к, к нему склонила. Но одна из таких механических частей это мы просто представили себе с тем набором сотрудников, которые у нас есть, как, какой из проектов мы наиболее реально сможем делать. Вот, собственно, тут причина банальна. И стара как мир. <laughs> Поэтому вот мы представили, что топ-даун будет делаться наиболее эффективно набором сотрудников, который у нас был. И плюс ко всему не было у нее, не то чтобы не было отвращения, а все сказали, что 
Да, топ-даун это штука, в которую бы я вечером после работы пришел и поиграл. Okay, so on those brainstorming nights, when we all gathered up uh, near the campfire, top-down shooter, uh, it uh, made everyone feel that they like it. Like it was the most liked from all three projects, and that for us automatically means that uh, most of the people will be uh, motivated at maximum to to make the, to work at the project and also the uh, uh, turn based was also liked but when we we were choosing we had to take in account the uh, the mechanical part that the small team that we had would need a lot more time to make a, to make a vertical slice for for the XCOMish game than for the top-down shooter. So in in the end, that's how we voted. Most of us liked top-down, top and the team size would be more appropriate for a top-down. That's how we thought. Is that like будущие инди команды как бы нужно что-то еще и зарабатывать по итогу на этом, к сожалению воздухом не питаемся, чтобы делать просто вот что нам понравилось, то, но решили, что посмотрели на статистику Стима, на последнее количество проектов, которые выходило в подобной тематике, и решили, что давно не было чего-то такого, во что бы поиграл, поиграли бы сами, а так как жан, любители жанра есть. И плюс ко всему, даже если что-то выходит в подобном жанре, оно не мешает подобным играм выходить совместно. То есть поиграли в одну, надоело, все равно остаешься поклонником жанра, играешь в другую такую же. А по времени там, как правило, геймплея не больше, чем на 20 часов, поэтому успевают поиграть во всех. Окей, also besides those things, there was the thing about money, because we were like an indie studio, and of course, besides doing things that we love, we need some money. So we thought that the top-down genre was not very prominent at the time. And if we make something good, people will love it. We had more chances of being seen, you know, among other games like this. Plus, the top-down genre is a bit arcade-ish, and uh, people usually play 20 to 40 hours or a bit more. They still are in favor of that genre and are still looking for something. They can be playing even two or three games at once. So, uh, yeah, that's the the other thought that we had uh, that we had about the game. On that account. Okay, that sounds very interesting. Uh, yeah, so bam bam. Next question. So you already mentioned that you had essentially State of Decay and Resident Evil as your inspirations for either narrative standpoints or the mechanical ones. Uh, what other games or other sources of inspiration would you cite, or is there anything that you think would be like a surprise or something that you wouldn't expect as a source of inspiration for the game? and the overall design of it. Окей, okay. <laughs> отвечает Александр Друзь. <laughs> <laughs> в процессе как бы создания мы не, ожи... не ожидали, что roguelike может стать похоже на The Binding of Isaac и как бы там конкретная штука, которая уже на данный момент там, там в наших билдах присутствует, пока еще в общественные не попало. Это наличие пилюль, которые прокачивают ваши характеристики, то есть нету 
такового опыта, который бы это делал и давал поинты для того, чтобы куда-то их бросить. А появляется пилюля с случайным эффектом, которая может как повысить, так и понизить какую-то характеристику. И есть некоторые пассивные способности, обилки, которые поднимаются, там, например, типа лицензии врача конкретно. Такая штука и была ну, в Айзеке, только сначала придумалась, ну, то есть в Айзеке давно уже существует, но я придумал так, а потом вспомнил, что в Айзеке так уже есть. вот так происходило. Но пока что она остается, то что, мне кажется, она должна быть забавной. Лицензия врача позволяет видеть эффект пилюли до того, как ее съешь. Вот так. Ну и плюс есть некоторая, как это назвать... Такая, именно то, что называется The Wicked, можно перевести. Это, допустим, возможность сбить врагов фламинго таким садовым или остальными. Да, like my friend Pedro или Hotline Miami в таком духе. Окей, so one of the things that were a shock for for us, or maybe a shock for Victor, that he have reinvent he has reinvented Binding of Isaac basically, because he was like, oh, I had a great idea, let's do this, let's do things like this, and then so right now in our build we have pills that give you stats and some things that you can do. Basically, we don't have a system of RPG where you have XP points and then you decide what to do. We have something like a roguelite where you find pills. You think, are you going to eat it or not? You're going to risk it or not? There is a doctor license to be found. If you have found the doctor license, you are aware of what the pill might do. If you haven't found it, you don't even know what it can do. You just, you just risk it and then it gives you stats. It it might take some of your stats and uh, make changes to you. So this is this looks really like binding of Isaac. But uh, Victor have done this first, and then he said, "Oh, okay. So this is like this is like binding of Isaac. Oh, oh well, <laughs> we we don't care because it's fun." And uh, the other inspiration that uh, is further from the games, but but we think that it might be something like something crazy because the game is called The Wicked. We need to have some crazy shit, you know, like killing zombies with a garden gnome or a flamingo. So I think that inspiration might be taken from my friend Pedro or Hotline Miami, you know, games like that, where, where, you, where you're just having fun doing silly things. Or Dead Rising also, yeah. So mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah, I can see that. Make what component are you most proud of that made it into the game that you think makes it stand out from the crowd? So what is the one element that elevates your game above every other game that is out there? Такое, чтобы прям единственный, если называть selling point, я, наверное, не назову, а если назвать несколько, то это наибольшие нравящиеся нам детали, которые, то есть хотелось бы, которые бы работали так, как мы пока еще их не доделали. То есть это, допустим... Поездка на машинах, на автомобилях, она уже практически работает так, как нам бы хотелось, чтобы это было весело, задорно, с э, дрифтом, с э, сбиванием зомби, раз, разбиванием их на куски. И из этого выходит вторая часть, которая — это нали наличие возможности в, именно в топ-дауне отстреливать конечности или взаимодействовать с конечностями, на что в дальнейшем хотелось бы много всяких прикольных штук еще повесить, чтобы можно было разбираться с врагами там 
по-разному. Ну, то есть, как это было, например, там в четвертом резиденте, когда нужно было стрелять в ногу, если отстрелишь голову, лазит какая-то там щупальца, которая еще усиливает. То есть, вот в таком разнообразии немножко противников в этом плане. И тот факт, что мы наибольшее количество проблем, с которыми мы сейчас сталкиваемся, это желание сделать открытый мир, там, а не коридорный. С коридорным было бы все в разы проще, но пока мы не сдаемся, делаем открытый. We wanted the game to have nice driving cars. We think that we are getting near to that. We're not there yet as we wanted, but we are getting near to that. And also using cars, we wanted it to be cool, to be able to smash zombies with it into parts, you know, like meat salad and stuff, and to drift with cars, do some tricks. That's one part of the selling, uh, like selling point. And then it, it is intertwined with smashing zombie into pieces and making meat salad in, in that department that uh, we are proud that we have made the mechanics in a top-down shooter where you can uh, shoot off different parts of zombies. Like if you shoot off legs, they start to crawl and stuff like that. We uh, would uh, like to play with this mechanics more. We uh, would love to have some, uh, some of the zombies uh, like like mini games like they had to uh, in uh, Resident Evil 4 where you had shoot had to shoot a part of a monster so that the other part would go out and then you should you know you shoot that part of the monster stuff like that so you you can, you can play with this thing uh, really nicely when you deliver it in the right way so shooting off parts of zombies or shooting in the parts of the zombies that makes you able to shoot other parts Also, one of the things that we would love to have, it would be also a great setting point, is an open world. So the, the town that we have right now is a demo town, and the city that you go through this town should be the real you know, place to be in. And it, it is bigger and it is more fun. You can ride around the car in there, it should be bigger. And of course, if we will be able to, to make a co-op play, it would be a bomb. So these were basically the selling cars, being able to drive with drift and stuff to fill the car, uh, being able to shoot off parts of zombies and uh, then to anticipate some other stuff with, with this mechanic, uh, being able to ride around and find some mini quests and, and funny stories inside an open world and the co-op. So are there any specific features that you still want to add and are planning out, or is the game at this point already feature complete and you're just making content now? Чего? На данный момент нет еще то, что мы хотим добавить, вот прям, и оно идет там сразу. Нельзя выделить какую-то конкретную, оно одно за другое цепляется. Во-первых, это вездесущий искусственный интеллект врагов. Хотелось бы сделать их гораздо умнее чем они есть сейчас, и над этим ведется как раз работа. И из этого же вытекает желание и возможность сделать игре стелс, чтобы можно было красться, чтобы был ну, звук, шум, зрение, 
все вот эти там амбуш, удар сзади из-под тяжка там какой-то и вот такое. Это еще разнообразит возможности миссии в открытом мире в том числе. Ну вот стелс и, и врагов. Okay, so the biggest thing that we haven't done and we would love to do, and we're planning on doing, we, we don't know how this will work out, is we're gonna work extensively on the AI of the enemies. And there is a thing that is also intertwined with this, uh, the stealth system that we wanted to do. So if you've got bigger guns and they're cooler, they usually are louder and then more zombies come to you. That's how it should work. A bit, a bit like in the state of the chaos. The stealth system and the ability to, you know, make less sounds or be less seen and the better AI would also bring better feelings in the open world missions. Given, let's picture the following scenario, probably the scenario that you want to happen is picture the following. Your game is a success by all accounting purposes. So do you already have plans in place for the future? Uh, like expansions, maybe a sequel, even possibly a spin-off. Spin-off, let's say, you just take your tactical idea or the XCOM game idea you have and set it in the world of the Wicked. Is there anything in place like that? Да, на самом деле это выглядит как будто бы у тебя есть хрустальный шар или ты ешь шпионы среди нас. Но то, чего мы не сказали об этих трех проектах, которые были, это то, что они были, в общем-то, в одной вселенной все, только с временным поворотом. И так было, значит, начало постапокалипсиса, это вот зомби, плюс там био, всякие заражения и корпорации, и вот эти все вещи. После чего мы отматываем лет 500 вперед и получаем радиоактивные пустоши в этих же самых местах. И это turn-based strategy была бы. И еще один из квестов, внутри которой отправляет, то есть тот же самый враг мансарда, готовит себе новую оболочку, выращивает ее, делает супер человеком вообще с максимальными всеми показателями такой либо супермутант, либо космодесантник из Вархаммера. И отправля... пытался переселить туда свое сознание, но в процессе игры отпра... эту оболочку отправили в космос, она где-то летала какое-то время в криосне и потом попала с собственным чистым сознанием в мир, в котором развивается битэмап. И эта оболочка, это и есть этот суперсолдат, за которого мы играем в битэмапе. Но это, это, это мы откладываем немножко в сторону. И есть вариант как бы более коммерческий, который, которого можно сделать условный Pass of Exile только в мире топ-даун шутера. И немножко отмотав такой именно в постапокалиптике, получается, у нас есть некий хаб, в который мы попадаем, будучи игроками. У игроков на основе того, что есть сейчас, уже меняется в вид при получении предметов, и они уходят в открытый мир с данженами, чтобы фармить предметы, получая фан от процесса и, возможно, впоследствии получив какую-то арену. То есть ближайший пример можно это The Dysland Epidemic рассмотреть, только именно в топ-даун шутере, потому что там все-таки такое больше моба было. Вот так. Теперь переводим. <laughs> I have to, I, I have to what, translate all this now. What, what have I done? Oh no! 
I hate my job. Okay, and на самом деле, I really love it. Okay, so the joke was, or it's not even a joke. We think you're a spy because, uh, or you can read thoughts, or you have a nine ball or something. I don't. Because uh, uh, yeah, the, the thought was when we actually brainstormed and and started all those, you know three projects, the beat'em up, the uh, turn-based XCOM, and this one. The thought was, um, if you know the games of the Endless, they are all in one universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we yeah. had the same thought. So the um, the top-down shooter was, was to be first. If it was to be successful, then the turn-based strategy, it's in the same world, but several hundred years later. And uh, the Mansarda, the, the main... Uh, The main bad guy is still alive, so he was successful in finding the uh, you know the everlasting life, and um, but he's still dying very slowly, and uh, so he makes this guy like a super mutant or a superhuman, something like a space marine, and he was to put his uh, conscience inside it, but something went wrong. And the guy just got got sent uh, got sent into uh, space, and he drifted into in, in the space for several hundred years. And then there was the beat him up. It's the guy with his own conscience, like a superhuman, having his you know new life somewhere in uh, in a space station or something. That was the beat him up. Yeah, the beat him up. We uh, wanted to name Hyper Punch, and the main starting weapon would be a. Uh, a glove that the people there use to break rocks to mine to mine stuff can i, was can the, I uh, suggest something yeah you should call it god punch just for shits and giggles <laughs> god oh, yeah. punch yes or 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 one punch so that was they, those were the thoughts but now the thing is that we're thinking on something like a uh, path of exile arcadish path of exile where you have a hub You have heroes. They go. They go onto missions in uh, generated places. Then they get loot. The loot changes how they look and how they behave. The mechanics, and then the thing repeats itself. So it's like something like a top-down looter shooter, but with ability to make your own builds. Something like that. That would be a spin-off. That's what we think right now. If it's if it's going to be successful, actually there was one yeah, game. Yeah, it's like one of the variants. I remember there was one game. Uh, it was not very popular. It was in the style of a cyberpunk. It was like something like Diablo, but in in cyberpunk, and you could play as a yakuza swordsman or a uh, technical agent with guns. I played it. I don't know, maybe ten mm. years of. 12 years ago. I think I know so, yeah, we wanted what you're to talking about, like but that. I forgot the name as well. Yeah, it, it it wasn't like it wasn't very known. It was like a small game with small budget. But it yeah. but it looked cool. Maybe it was even German. Yeah. That's it. First I'm at a loss of the game you were referring at the end uh, as well. I think I know what you're talking about, but I'm also missing the title. Uh, the other thing I will tell my CIA colleagues now to end the surveillance of your studio so we can steal all your ideas. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm gonna hand the next question to Bob. Thanks, thanks for uh, you know for taking this IA from our 
basements. So obviously, given the situation now and being a small team, how have you accounted for the setbacks, especially? I, I don't know if you were really impacted by what's happening at the moment, because I don't know, I don't know when, but I think you had a set release date for a while now. So is it still on the, I think it was late May 2021. Is, do you think it's still on, on the line for that? Or are you thinking that you might have to either push harder or just push the release date a bit back? Конечно, сложности, безусловно, они известны о том, какие у нас тут есть сложности со всеми. Да, естественно, замедляет процессы, но... На данный момент мы, конечно, ну, прям на годы отсрочки не берем, но, возможно, как, о каких-то там нескольких месяцах и будет речь, но основная все-таки деталь будет это в количестве реализованных фичей и количестве контента в этих реализованных фичах на момент, когда вот поздний май 2021 года. Будем надеяться, что будет так, как хотелось бы, но практически не бывает. Но мы все еще сохраняем надежду. As you all know, in theory, theory and practice is the same thing, but in practice it is not. So, so we, yeah, we think, so we think that, uh, of course, we always have some setbacks. And game dev is a thing in its own where you plan and then the plan goes to shits and you have to improvise or you have to have plan B, C, D, E, F, and even G or GG plan that can help you with this shit. So, so yeah. we think we might have some, uh, some, we already have some setbacks and we had some setbacks and we had to go through that. And usually each month we have some, some shit going on that we have to work with or, uh, you know, work out something. So we might have some setbacks with the initial date, but we are sure that it won't be years, maybe some months. And thing is, we just will have less implementations of things that we want. Usually it's like that. Usually just you have to cut stuff, you know, get yourself together and cut out things that you wanted, some features or something else. Usually yeah. it works like that. So we might have less content than we would have wanted or less features implemented that we would have wanted. But uh, our goal is to, to get it done until 2021, maybe with a setback of several uh, months, couple of months. But the goal is, yeah, the goal is somewhere there near and we are working on it. Because I just remembered a quote, I don't know which developer I read it from. It was, if there is something wrong with your project, if nothing wrong went, if nothing went wrong that day. So I think I kind of get what you're meaning, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's for sure. I mean, that's I, I've worked in IT, I still kind of do, and I can tell you for a fact that all of IT, and it doesn't really matter if it's game development or industry IT or whatever, it's always just a absolute fucking shit show. Because everything that will go wrong and can go wrong will go wrong. At least from my experience. So, last question. Yeah, that's how it works usually.
<laughs> Will you have multiplayer co-op specific mechanics, maps, features, whatever? I think we kind of already touched upon that. Uh, so, Ken, if there is something else you want to add to that, go ahead. Если говорить о фиче в принципе, как хотелось бы, то это предполагалось такое, ну то есть ничего экстраординарного кооператив тем, чтобы скелила сложность и было весело, задорно и, естественно, и хардкорно. Ну, то есть э, с возможностью выбрать, если хочешь, хардкор, там с френдли фаером и с прочими вещами. И а таких из таких специфических штук, которые хотелось бы, это э, такая была идея проводить одного из сопартийцев в какую-то конкретную точку, допустим, в башню, и он там как будто бы становится снайпером, и в остальное время с вами присутствует только мишенью. Ну и плюс там с задержкой может отстреливать такое, как прикрытие с башни, когда ты куда-то идешь при этом. Но на данный момент мультиплеер — это наша самая хромая нога, над ней ведется... Разработка так. Мы понимаем, что это очень серьезная задача, которую то есть, мы можем не успеть сделать совсем. Поэтому берем больше приоритет на игровые фичи и надеемся, что мультиплеер получится туда one of the teammates should go into a uh, sniper tower and the second should defend the perimeter. But for the guy that goes in the sniper tower, the gameplay is different. He protects the guy that is below him and he is shooting him like a hitman, you know, using the, sni the sniper gun. And the guy below, he runs around and tries to fend off the guys and he can only see like a red dot you know beside him that helps him sometimes that's one of the interesting things that you can do with the multiplayer in the game that in the in our plans but the multiplayer is one of the hardest thing to implement in the game actually and we might not have the time or resources for this so we are focusing on implementing other stuff being in the single player like features and stuff like that we might ask for help for making multiplayer or changing some stuff in it. Right now we're working more on the single player and the features in the single player. That sounds good to me. All right. We are somewhat at the end of our questions. Um, for the next part, I thought I'd do a little bit of feedback because I think this Yay, might be, feedback. Yay, this might be interesting to you because I actually played the game. So and Ray Fox wanted, uh, said you guys would be happy if you heard the feedback directly from a gamer. At least he told me so. You're probably already yep, getting the A true. case and uh, the <laughs> vows, yes. so you can assassinate me after this. I want to start with the th stuff that stuck out to me in a very positive way. 
you already mentioned that that you have like these um, let's say zones where you can specifically target to uh like I, I like that there is actually targeting or a targeting system implemented in a in the top down shooter and that i actually shoot where i point i think that's pretty seen this before but it gives your shooter more depth or gameplay depth automatically i just hope you also do something with it in the end like you already said you want to do something with it and i will 100 percent say this is a good thing the other thing that oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that positively which i liked was that you guys seem to be very competent at what you're doing Obviously, there are flaws. It's an alpha, but it was very competently put together. So I never at one point had the feeling this is made by complete amateurs. Thank you. We're going to tell this to Ignat also, to Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he, he was the guy that did some, some work for that one. It sounds maybe a little bit condescending, but it, isn't, it comes really from, from the bottom of my heart. This is the greatest compliment I can give you right now. It's like, yay, we don't suck. <laughs> yay, we didn't suck. Ooh, yeah. No, no, you don't suck. But, and here's the big but. You already said you're still working on the game, so it's still an alpha, but I still want to give a little bit of feedback regarding the alpha from what I've played and what I suggest or what I can suggest for you guys. I already see them whipping out their notepads and taking notes because I'm such an important person. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> one of my viewers, medical uh, medicinal psycho pointed out one thing which didn't even occur to me, but he's right. So when you go past, like, this is a very minor thing, but it is actually a very good feedback in my mind. And that's why I bring it up. Pointed out that if you go past trees, in some way and some camera angles the stumps vanish completely so if you run away from zombies it might be the case that you run against the tree stump and you don't even notice it so what he suggested is that you maybe have the stump always visible so the player sees he's running towards the tree stump even if the tree fades out does that make sense yeah. Это звучит как то, что Yes, this sounds like something that we should have done. It's just like I said, it's 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 just it's just this. It sounds very natural, really. Yes, if you think of it. If you think of it, but here is the thing: you you guys are like only sixteen brains, and you cannot think of everything, even with sixteen brains. Yeah, I mean that's always like you're so zoned zoned in into the onto the big picture that sometimes because it's a minor detail, but it's a detail that like in a way affects the gameplay, and it's super easy to miss. And even Orko, as he said, he wouldn't really think about it if somebody didn't bring it up but in a way it makes super sense but then again it's it's a, such a small detail that's really easy to miss if you have like a million other things to take care about exactly yeah that's, that's, that's true помимо всего прочего мы ну такое решение в том числе было в процессе 
прийти, но на тот момент технически это было гораздо дольше делать, к сожалению. Поэтому тогда перешло в такой вариант, но сейчас мы возвращаемся бэк и да, будем это решать по-другому. То есть есть некоторые вещи, которые на этапе их создания, они создаются так, чтобы вот сейчас посмотреть, потом идешь дальше-дальше, и все время приходится возвращаться и что-то менять вначале, что было в пользу скорости выбрано. Thank you for the feedback. Also, sometimes uh, even if you see stuff in project management, you think of how much energy and time you should need to make it work as it is intended to work, and then you decide over other things usually other things win things that imp that have more impact and then you get more experience with things that you do and then you have this feeling that you have a new idea how you can make this easier and faster so then you go back and change some of the things that you could couldn't change before because you needed more time and uh, more workforce but sometimes you have this uh, like bright ideas or something like you know you just start to know stuff it comes to you when when you have more experience yeah. and then you understand that you can change it better faster and then and then you change it so it's a bit also a uh, like project management thing you know when you decide which bugs which bugs are more which bugs are more game breaking that should be addressed before other I mean, stuff and in this case it isn't even a bug it's just a just a design I guess, or something. Yeah, it's, can... a, it's, a, it's a design yeah. decision, yes. Yeah, yes. design decision. But like, it, it's just... But, the... but you know, you understand what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm, yeah, I'm just I'm understand, fully understanding what you're talking about. Like, I'm just saying that might be a good thing. If you don't have it, then it's it's a minor detail. Yeah, it's, it's it, not game-breaking. It's, it's just a... Yeah, it's a yeah. Small, yeah, when small, you can't see a tree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another thing that I mean, I you you will probably give me like shit right now, right, Fox? But I thought the car controls weren't all that good. <laughs> I mean, I'm shit at driving. I admit that. If the car controls relatively well, I can handle it. I thought the cars felt like they were still kind of like skating on ice it was like gta 4 all over again that was a little bit of a problem especially for me who is like inept at driving cars <laughs> i fully admit that sorry i just wanted to quickly supplement that question if to ask if you essentially made the controls for the cars to be handling handled on keyboard or are you designing them for a controller which is a thing as well, I guess. The controls were made for the keyboard. And yes, we had several redesigns of driving cars and we're not there yet. And right now. And right now okay. we also have another design for driving the car. So yeah, right. we're constantly yeah. working on this, looking for how it should be, but mm -hmm. we're not there yet. Okay. Yeah, I guess, as you said, you're essentially just going through iterations, trying to find yes. that model yes. that feels like, as you said, like GTA 3. Or something like a that's yes. close to a like an arcade racer. Okay. Yes, because it's hard. We started 
doing with full physics and shit like that. And then we understood that it's it's too complicated for an arcade game. Then we did it more arcade, but it was too arcade, you know. <laughs> now we have to <laughs> every every yeah. iteration you have to do something and then it breaks everything and then the cars just don't fucking work. And then you say, Oh my god, we did it in the main. <laughs> Why the fuck did we do it on the main? <laughs> then you go back yeah. and then the cars work, but other shit doesn't work. And uh, well, you know, yeah, that's I can vividly imagine it. Another thing I wanted to touch upon, which I think this is your biggest crutch at the moment, and I want to go in with a strong emphasis that I say this because I want your project to succeed. This is the one thing I want to make clear before you say this. Um, I it, it really comes from the bottom of my heart. I want to see you guys succeed. I want this to be the underdog story. I want this to be the Rocky of video games, you know? Oh and yeah, Rocky Balboa. Yeah, exactly. I want you to be the Rocky Balboa of top-down shooters. The game, or everything that was presented, and I'm using Bam Bam's words here, was painfully bland. I, I think this might be the biggest issue you're facing right now, that your game doesn't really stand out from the crowd. But I wouldn't be the orc if I couldn't or wouldn't come prepared. How could you stand out from the crowd more? I had a few ideas. I had a little bit of a think. Maybe I drank also some vodka while doing that. I don't know. But I have some suggestions what you could do to stand up. One thing... Okay, let's, let's, let's hear them out. We won't, uh, we won't kill you, we promise. Uh, we're uh, taking uh, out... I, I mean, it's, it's just suggestions. You don't have to take them. Okay. <laughs> I, I just want I just want to give you some ideas maybe you can implement or not. It's your choice in the end. Okay, also... if you call off if you call off the CIA, we call off the Gopniks that are riding to you with the AKs right now. I already okay? called off the CIA. Okay, then we're calling off the Gopniks. <laughs> so one thing that came to my mind while you were talking about especially the emphasis on driving in the interview, how about you add some minimal or some more car modding? Like, you can give the cars guns, or you can give it like, you know, some, some weird weaponry like chainsaws on the side so you can even kill more zombies. Oh, you mean like a zombie? If you remember the game Zombie Driver, yeah, Zombie yeah. Driver, something along those lines. That I mean, that might be a cool thing. What I also would suggest is what what would be interesting. So far, you're taking a very Western approach to this entire topic from a narrative standpoint. You're going in like saying, "Okay, our influences are okay." I mean. Resident Evil is a Japanese franchise, but it's still firmly uh, influenced by Western zombie traditions. From a narrative perspective, what would interest me more, because the zombie apocalypse has been done time and again by Western developers, but it has never been done through a, let's say, Eastern European lens. Or I wouldn't say, like, never been done, but it's certainly something that is much more rarer. A good example would be what I mean with Eastern European Lens, the Metro franchise. That's ring a bell with you guys. What I like about the Metro franchise a lot 
especially about the first game, which is still my favorite game in the franchise, is that it takes a firmly or a post-apocalyptic scenario, but firmly puts it into Moscow. So it makes everything work through a Russian lens, if that makes sense. And I would like to see what you guys could do with the same kind of approach with your game. You always joke about uh, living in Serebrianka and how dangerous it is there, Ray Fox. You could take some inspiration from that as well for the zombie apocalypse. Yes, but also it might be too too scary and too hard for people that play. They might just go insane, go mad, or you know, become a real gopnik. There is no. the danger in it, you know. Gonna, if I, I show the real Serebranka, <laughs> people might not, you know, be prepared for that. Yeah, but I also kind of understand that because there is also, like, with that theme, there is a certain familiarity where people know what... Because sometimes people just will get get a game because it feels familiar. So I kind of get where that is coming from. But at the same time, I guess, also, like, there is, you know, the small uh, franchise that's called The Witcher that's pretty much popularized Eastern European or like Slavic mythology and Anglo-Saxon mythology and sold it everywhere else. So like there is a potential for it, but I totally like get, especially for a smaller studio, there is a kind of a bet on familiarity and the themes that are going to look like, oh, I know that. So I might like it based on that. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just something I, I didn't want to criticize the game and uh, come in and say, hey, this is all not good, and that's it. I just wanted to come at least in with some suggestions what you could do. Yeah, 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 no worries. To stand out more from the crowd. Uh, I also had uh, written down weapon modding, for example, which you could then tie to the targeting system again. На самом деле и касаемо автомобилей, и касаемо модификации. В процессе разговоров того, как бы это все дело улучшить и сделать более веселым, все, все проскакивает. Это отличная идея, спасибо. Они касаемо делания Восточной Европы, правильно сказал Бамбам, что именно именно из этих побуждений и выбиралась именно американская, там может быть австралийская часть, что-то в этом роде. А улучшение пушек, да, планируем попытаться туда это добавить. Может быть, вначале это будет гораздо проще, чем хотелось бы. То есть не будет там 36 модулей, как в Escape from Tarkov, которые можно повесить. Но что-то в этом роде, да, и с автомобилем тоже. Ковш мы планировали что-нибудь такое добавить. Но это... Просто мы не можем это пока что обещать, как то, что это сделается. То, что это все такое из разряда того, что Во, это было бы здорово. Yeah, thank you for your thoughts and uh, the feedback. We actually had the ideas about the car modding and the weapon modding, but we don't usually talk about it because it, it's a brainstorm. It's a very thin line of dreams. You know, if if you're if you usually talk about it, then people usually think, oh. It will be present in the game, you know, and stuff like that. That's why we don't even talk about it because because of the project management, time, effort, money, you know, we're not sure if we're gonna be able to do this in a short amount of time. But it is in the plans, and if it is really, if it looks really like a selling point, then we might, you know, shift it. Uh, yeah, the idea was 
to, to have uh, something like uh, circular saws in the car, a flamethrower, stuff like that. And um, about the, uh, the gun modding, yeah, <laughs> we are not thinking on like 36 mods per gun like in Tarkov, but some modding, of course, would be great. <laughs> and about the Eastern Europe culture, actually, Bum Bum is very right. It's because the studio is a bit small and we didn't think that uh, most of the people would understand what's going on and uh, would like the franchise as, you know, we needed a, a bit broader audience to be able to sustain ourselves and, and uh, the first game at least. If if people will love like you know the first part, then you you might make something that is more Eastern Slavic when you can hack a birch tree, you know, then, do some hard smokes and drink vodka and be yeah. happy. Then then you or then you have the problem again. You might throw people that like the first game off if you make it too Slavic. So that's yeah, the line. of course. Yeah. There's you always this you know, risk. Yeah, but like I said, I I just don't i mean i'm not even that much of a mainstream gamer you know that right fox yes and uh, i but i i didn't want to come in the empty end and just say your stuff is bland and leave it at that so i wanted to give you guys some suggestions uh and if you take them or not like i said it's up to you i i don't blame you and i know you're a small team you do your very very best to make a good game uh, oh thank I think, you guys no I, I i i i know that after playing the game like i said it is competently put together by a competent team this is this is the one thing that for me is the most important part or my feedback comes from the place like i said that i want to see you guys succeed i also like how you guys talk about the like to releasing like publicly f info about features and stuff and all i hear in my head is like you've seen what happened with no man's guys we're not we ain't doing that shit <laughs> or yes. with cyberpunk <laughs> yes actually yeah. driving cars in our game sometimes is better than <laughs> cyberpunk so yeah let's we have talk made about that i mean it doesn't <laughs> run 15 frames per second right <laughs> I mean, your game runs higher than 15 frames per second. You already got that. <laughs> so it's official better than Cyberpunk. All right, gentlemen. I thank you for okay. your time. <laughs> Do you... Yeah, our, our game manages to work on PC than Cyberpunk on um, on PS5. So, yeah. Yeah. Gentlemen, I want to thank you for your time. Uh, I want to give you the last word of the day. So if you want to say anything, you can do that. And after that, I will close up the show. Да, спасибо вам тоже за ваше время. Было приятно пообщаться, отлично. И поболтали, и накинули идей. Мы будем стараться что-то из этого, может быть, воплотить. Будем надеяться, что все у нас получится. И вы тогда еще раз нас уже позовете с позиции того, что вот, ребят, получилось. Спасибо. Yes, we we had some fun we were happy that you've invited us thank you for some of the ideas and the feedback uh, we truly are happy when people give us feedback if it, even if it's negative as you know because uh, the constructive criticism is one of the best things that helps developers hear the community and make the game that everybody loves 
And uh, we hope that uh, it will be actually the story of the underdog that goes up, you know, row, row, fight the power. And uh, we hope that uh, you also will have us again with the story of the guys that have done it. That's the, uh, that's the thing that we would love to continue doing, making games. All right. And I'll take you on another time once the time is ripe. You know, and I want to thank you for giving me the chance to prove my interview skills here and Bam Bam's interview skills. Let's close out the show. Uh, Ray Fox, tell me yes. or tell the audience where we can find your studio. On which social medias are you guys? We're on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, we have our Discord, and uh, you can find our uh, webpage. Also, thank you. Right. Come, come to our Discord. We can talk. We always have time to talk to the gamers about games and about making games and other stuff. Shouldn't you develop a game? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we do. We're just good at at other stuff too. Oh yeah, you're yeah, good at multitasking. I would have said the same. I'm on Twitch and on Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram on everywhere. As Orcosaurus or the Orcosaurus, just look it up. And Bum is in my chat when he sacrificed some orphans to Siege or I spread the Nurgle Rot to the elderly. Okay. <laughs> great. <laughs> A very great plan. Thank you for being here. Um, this has been the Orcocast episode 32. I said 32nd in the intro, didn't I? Yes, I did. Yes, you did. All right. Everyone, we love you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.